With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Forward Progress, your source for NFL betting. Powered by the Hammer Betting Network and Pinnacle Sportsbook. If you're sick of conversations about whether or not Joey Chestnut is the greatest athlete of all time or who's going to win a fight between Elon and Zuck, we're sick of the same stuff. But the good news is that NFL is right around the corner. In the next few weeks, we're going to break down every division right here on Forward Progress, starting with the AFC South today. And as a reminder, we'll be quoting prices from Pinnacle Sportsbook. It's the world's sharpest sportsbook and available to bettors in Ontario. Find out what pro bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. You must be 19 plus, not available in the U.S. And of course, please always play responsibly. Joined by Fabian Sommer from Germany, Eric Eager, wherever he is in the U.S. right now, always traveling. Jeff Feinberg, local guy here in Toronto as well. And we'll start with you, Suma. Obviously, class of the AFC South is the Jacksonville Jaguars going into the year. Minus 172 to win the division at Pinnacle right now. Where? Forget about the division for a second here because we're going to talk about the gap between Jacksonville and the other teams. But in terms of the AFC landscape as a whole, is Jacksonville actually a good team? Can they compete in the AFC or are they just being brought up because of the, the poor division that they play in? I guess it's more the, the latter. Um, I really like the upside with Trevor Lawrence entering year three and year two in Doug Peterson's scheme and um, adding Kevin Ridley to a very intriguing group of pass catchers now. But I still think that they might be the class within their division, depending on the wide range of outcomes of teams like the Indianapolis Colts. But I don't really see them as a competing AFC team in the playoff picture because there are too many much better teams, in my opinion. Eric, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I mean, they should be the favorite in this division. I think there are too many leaks that people aren't acknowledging after last season. I think that one of the reasons, I mean, Rob, you and I talked like mid season was like, this is a positive EPA differential team. This is a positive point differential team losing record. This is a team to bet on, you know, so that everybody's positive about teams like that, that and Detroit is another one like that, right. Where teams, you know, like people have a positive taste in their mouth about them and they're not willing to acknowledge some of the leakage, the leakages that they have for what cam, uh, you know, their left tackle is going to be out the first four games. They're replacing their right tackle with a rookie. Uh, you know, Calvin Ridley sports betting wasn't the only reason he missed games in Atlanta. And and there's all these kinds of re- things that could go wrong. And yet, there, as, as Suma said, like, there's a ton of things that can go right. So I think we're all maybe a little bit too shaded to that one side and not the other. Well, Jeff, this might be a too soon type of situation for you because I have to bring up, for those that don't know, Jeff is a Chargers super fan. He does have a Chargers helmet in his background for those who are, you know, are, are listening and not watching on video. But we did see uh, a pretty epic comeback in the playoffs last year for the Jags. 
I actually didn't even really need to bring that into the conversation. To, I, I just, I just decided I was going to, but I, I want to get your perspective on the Jaguars and whether or not you think that they're a legit contender in the AFC this year, because if we're looking at the AFC as a whole, there are a lot of contending teams this year. There's a lot of teams that you can look at on paper and be like, yeah, I can totally see this team in the Super Bowl. Where do the, where do the Jags fit in the mix for you? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the question. How will they shape up out of division? We're going to find out pretty quickly, though, friends, as they play the Chiefs, I believe, in week two. They play the Bills in week five. So we'll probably be able to have those like litmus tests for them as to how they might compare versus those um, AFC perceived heavyweights. Like Eric, I remember last year uh, they weren't covering spreads, but the advanced sort of numbers said, no, this is a team to sort of buy into. Their results aren't matching what, what should be happening whatsoever. If we notice this offseason, they made very little changes. Like last year, they made so many changes. This year, they made very few changes. Um, yeah, I don't know if I trust them to take on the elites of the league, but Trevor Lawrence is tied with Lamar Jackson for MVP betting over at Pinnacle right now at that 15-1 to 1 number, essentially. So no one would be overly surprised if he even took another enormous step in year three as many of the great quarterbacks historically do all right so uh, show of hands here just raise your hand if you think that the jags are vulnerable in the division whatsoever if you can make a case for another team where you think that maybe we shouldn't just annoy jacksonville as the winner going into the year okay wow okay so we got eric okay eric if who are they most vulnerable to in the division? I think I think it's Indianapolis. Suma? Yes, me too. Wow. Okay, so let, let's make the case for the Colts as a potential win, potential winner in the division. And it's not the first time I've heard this or seen this. Another contributor to the Hammer Betting Network, Clev TA, <laughs> put out his projected standings for the year, had the Colts winning the AFC South as well. So, Eric, I'll start with you. Let's make the case for the Colts. Or just maybe make the case like the anti-Jags case. Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll make it for the Colts. Like I think, you know, for one, they have the from what I can tell with my metrics, it's like my power rating, like the fourth easiest schedule in football. So they're a, a little, they're about a point easier per game on a neutral field than the average team. Um, so that that's one. I think for me though, the the positive case is Shane Steichen when he was with with Jeff's chargers was the offensive coordinator for justin herbert's offensive rookie of the year campaign he goes to philadelphia a team by the way that i bet in 2021 to be the worst team in football like the you know tw- whatever that price was i bet under six and a half wins he gets hurts to like a nine and eight record then he has hurts playing in a super bowl scoring the most points ever for a team that lost the super bowl and you look at Anthony Richardson and you think okay Anthony Richardson could very well be terrible i think a lot of people have you know the widest distribution on him but Anthony Richardson puts together both of the trait sets that those two guys have, right? He has the, the running ability and the toughness of Jalen Hurts. He has the throwing ability, you know, the, the arm strength, at least, of Justin Herbert. And so I, I'm buying into Steichen and Richardson as a pair that could really sneak up in a division, again, where every team in this division has an easy schedule. But the Colts, uh, other than Houston, has the easiest one and much easier than Jacksonville. So that's kind of the case I'm making for the Colts. Suma, you can piggyback on that as we uh, take a look at Pinnacle right now as well. Indianapolis plus 483 to win the AFC South. 
Yeah, basically what Erica said, um, I think that there's such a wide range of outcomes depending on how good Anthony Richardson can be in his rookie season. And if he, in whatever combination that Shane Steichen can put together, can be, let's say, somewhat of a decent passer, the dual threat one game of the Colts is going to provide such a high floor, in my opinion, that they can easily win a lot of games against a very easy schedule. And you got an offensive line that is stated to bounce back a little bit. Um, Bernard Ryman, their left tackle, was surprisingly good uh, last year, entering uh, year two. Uh, Quentin Nelson should be better than he was last year. Jonathan Taylor has played the entire season on, on, a, on a high ankle sprain. So if they can, however, um, pose the threat of a lethal passing attack, I think that there's going to, uh, to be so much open on the ground for um, for this team with, with JT and Anthony Richardson also in the running game, uh, getting like a, a hundred and plus carries and also showing off his scrambling ability. And if they can get anything together in a passing game, I think the division is open for them against a very easy schedule when the Jaguars have a few weak spots. Like Erica said, I don't really like their offensive line. They could be one of the worst um, over the first six weeks. I don't like their defense at all so if anthony richardson can somehow be decent as a passer i think that division is there um for the colts jeff is there a, another team in the division the indy tennessee houston that i mean the the fair answer could be like no they're just not going to be competitive if that's what you believe but is there another team here that potentially excites you in the afc south as maybe a team that is being completely written off but actually has some sort of chance to pull off the upset in the division and potentially get to the playoffs. Uh, I don't believe so personally, like um, Eric, I am quite high on the Colts and think that they are, it is uh, possible that they could get hot enough. I like them over that six and a half win total over at pinnacle. I don't know that I trust them to carry into a, a division title, but things I think will look easy for Richardson when, he has that same when he's presented the same look by a defense because there's only so many looks they can throw at a guy with those sorts of um, dual threat abilities. As for Tennessee, many NFL fans, myself included, have probably felt failed uh, vi fell victim to doubting Vrabel. <laughs> that offensive line though really seems like it's taken a step back. If Diller doesn't provide them with premium left tackle play and then they have to move like uh, Skaronsky out, then I just think there's a lot of questions in Tennessee, but I've doubted them so many times, and the defensive line is strong. I have no faith in Houston, so it could only be Tennessee if you're asking me to pick someone else. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me, right? If you're making the bull case for anyone else in the division, and this is no d disrespect to Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson you know, was a great coach last year. He was in the conversation for coach of the year. But you look around the division, you do have Mike Vrabel, who I think has consistently got more out of his teams than anticipated with going into each year. Eric made the case for Shane Steichen. D'Amico Ryans gets hired in Houston and a relative unknown, but he was highly sought after in the offseason. He's not like, you know, David Culley or Lovey Smith there anymore. You actually potentially have some good coaching in the division that I think is capable of getting more out of um, of a team than, you know, they, they might actually have on paper. Well, and Rob, other than other than wide receiver, that I'm making a big claim here, but other than wide receiver, is Houston that bad anywhere? I don't think so. I, I kind of like their offseason. You know, 
when it's how you phrase the question to me where I don't think that they're necessarily like an abomination at any position, but I do have to say they're pretty consistently below average everywhere. Yeah. But, but then, so I always thought that when, when Houston was doing this kind of like weird rebuild while their quarterback was, you know, being traded and all this stuff, they did a pretty good job of getting above replacement level at a lot of places. And then this past draft, which they traded like 200 million in assets to do it, but they got up and got two premium players at premium positions to kind of be the hammer if the rest of the roster is okay. The only issue is that wide receiver, they're, they're terrible. And so it's going to be hard for them to like hit on Stroud. But defensively, like they have two number three overall picks, one at corner, one at edge, that I think could at least be, and, and again, their schedule is, from what, from what I can tell, third easiest in the NFL. Like I don't think that it's going to be a disaster there. So if Stroud can just like get them on the green offensively, like they, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think the six and a half win total obviously represents like a doubling of their wins last year. And I don't think it's that optimistic, frankly. Like I, I think it's either fair or maybe a little low. I, I, I guess I'm not going to challenge you on the wide receiver core being terrible because if you compare them to like the other wide receiving cores in the league, they're definitely worse, but I've long thought Robert Woods was an underrated player. Um, they have Nico Collins there as well, who I think is an underrated player. Noah Brown brought over. It's not like they're completely devoid of talent, but you're right. In order for Stroud to succeed, he's going to have to get some elite playmaking. They, they, they draft Michi and bring in Dalton Schultz, so they have Dalton done Schultz some there, things yeah. there. And they and got single pair. You know, they run, they'll be running. I you know, we, we see everyone that leaves the Shanahan tree will sort of have a multi-purpose backfield. They brought in Singletary to complement. Damian Pierce for me a lot of the concerns there are on defense and they will be so screwed if Singletary gets uh can't stay healthy because yeah. that that'll be the key and that just puts so much more on what's already a loaded load on on Will Anderson's shoulders so I'm gonna force you guys to bet a regular season win total I normally don't advise this to people who are betting out there um because you get to pick your spots in betting but we're producing content here and at least we can show where we're high or low potentially on some teams going into this year. So Houston's win total set at six and a half, uh, juice to the under minus 135. Indy's win total six and a half as well, but that's juice to the over minus 132. The Jags are at nine and a half, uh, juiced over minus 129. The Tennessee Titans at seven and a half, juiced to the under minus 128. I'll start with you, Suma. Of the four teams in the AFC South, if you had to bet a win total, what would be your most confident play? Tennessee Titans under 7.5 minus 128. Taking a stance on the Titans being bad this year. Um, I mean, like Eric has said, I also think that the Texans are pretty consistently below average across the board. I think you said that, Rob. But I still think that the combination of some upside with CJ Stroud the the offensive line has some upside there's some upside with the wide receivers um being pretty young there's some upside with their defense so if the texans can hit a a few strides i would not be surprised to see them in the six to seven uh win range at all indy has a wide range of outcomes uh, i don't think jacksonville um should be any uh, or should have any issues dealing with the titans and i I really think that 
there could be so much downside for the Titans. Like Ryan Tannehill doesn't play well behind the arguably the, the worst offensive in football, worst receiving group in football. They're going to try to pound 29-year-old Derrick Henry behind that offensive line. Maybe Tannehill gets benched uh, week six, Will Lewis rest of the way. I really would not be surprised if things go, go south quickly for the Titans and they might be playing for the number one overall pick next season. That would not be something that would completely surprise me. So um, taking a stance on the Titans under. All right. Um, man. The, it's, the it's loser the of this fact. division is playing for number one, like is part of the small group of teams playing for number one, I feel for sure. You got, you got Arizona that is the most likely, obviously. But yeah, I agree. Whoever finishes last in this division is going to be right in that mix. Except for, I mean, Houston. So the one thing I think you do have to look at motivation. Tennessee does have a motive. Tennessee maybe has less of a motivation to go for the number one because they've taken a quarterback who is well-regarded in both years. Um, Houston doesn't have their first-round pick. That goes to Arizona. So they don't have the, like, again, all these are very minute, but like they don't have the incentive to tank. Um, but you're, And then the, the Colts just took, with the fourth overall pick, uh, Richardson, but but it is interesting. You're right; like the, they are going to be competing for the worst record in football with Arizona. All right, Eric, I'll let you go after Suma here. In terms of the division itself, a regular season win total. What would be your most confident play? I'm going to take Colts under, or sorry, not Colts, uh, Jaguars under nine and a half at plus one hundred eight. The reason I like this is for a lot of what Je- Jeff just said is like they might win the division and go under this number. And they and and there might be an incentive like they place you know we, we get this really cool thing in the AFC where Burrow Herbert or sorry Burrow Mahomes uh, Allen and Lawrence all play like a you know a round robin this year the Jags could go zero and three in those games and and it could not even necessarily be a sign that they stink but it just could be like what they're up against and so I think. It, this is probably a better bet even than if you got a yes, no on them to win the division, I think, because to me, uh, they, they could very well win nine games and it's kind of be one of those things where they're nine and seven going into last week and they just kneel down, you know, in the, in the week 18 type of thing. So I think there's a lot of ways to win with this bet. Yeah. Before I get to you, Jeff, I'm just going to piggyback on that, Eric, because I'm in agreement with you. Like I think of everything on the board right now, it's an, it's appealing getting the Jags under and, Obviously, they have six games against divisional opponents. Like, we can't take those away from them. But if we're purely power rating teams in the league going into the year, I personally make the Jags 16th. I think that they're a league average team, and they're going to play teams outside of their division as well. There's a lot of things that they're reliant on this year, so to speak, which is just like Calvin Ridley returning to form, uh, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, like taking these steps up. And those don't just always happen. It's not a foregone conclusion that second-year players that were drafted highly just like take that next step in the in the next year. Their secondary is still a big concern for me. Defensively, I kind of don't like them. Suma mentioned it off the top. Offensive line. Some people think they upgraded offensive line in the offseason. I don't like their offensive line. I mean, really outside of the quarterback position, I don't I don't love a lot that the Jags have there. I think that if you actually replaced Trevor Lawrence with one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, we're talking about them still as a team that is going to be like drafting in the top five next year. So um, division aside, which they could easily go five and one or six and oh, I, I still think this is a team worth playing under on. I don't think they're as good 
as people realize. And for the second time, I'll bring up the Chargers game last year. But I think that that's like made people think Jacksonville is a lot better way ahead of where they actually are right now. Sorry to and, do that. In the Kansas me, City game, they were buoyed by the fact that Mahomes is injured and they kind of had, they played that game out. But that, that game too was another one where the Jags looked a lot better than they, on the final scoreboard than they probably were. Yep. Jeff, we'll close it up with you here. Uh, your favorite play, AFC South win totals. Uh, so I'm going to take the Colts over that six and a half wins. I'm going to lay that juice. I see see opportunity for them inside that division. A year ago, they were the favorite in that division. Obviously, you know, everything sort of worked against them this past season. Uh, injuries, but, uh, you know, Eric already pointed out how great of a coach uh, potentially Shane Steichen can be for that offense. I do worry about the downgrade at corner. They lost Gilmore. They drafted two guys who I really like, Brents and uh, the fifth-round pick from South Carolina, Rush. Can Gus Bradley develop them? That's a concern, but over six and a half wins for me and the Colts. All right. Uh, so we got Suma taking a stance against Mike Vrabel, uh, which, I mean, that's never that's never hurt you before, Suma. I can uh, I think I remember a couple <laughs> of years ago. Uh, me and Eric on Jags under, and Jeff is a little bit optimistic about the Colts. Is there anything... Uh, that's worth touching in player markets here that anyone might have. Um, I mean, I, I almost I almost feel like if you're optimistic about the Jags, then Trevor Lawrence is very live for MVP in the range that he's at right now. But I'm not, so I'm not going to go there. Is, is there anyone that that anyone feels like might be worth it in a player market this year? If someone in that division pulled something incredible off, then maybe one of these um, rookie coaches could be up for coach of the year. But I don't see any player markets for me there, nor am I betting any of these guys to win coach of the year. <laughs> I Jonathan Taylor, 22 to one, all the things that Suma said, which were, you know, you have gravity at the um at the quarterback position, which, you know, you look at the tracking data, it basically keeps linebackers in, you know, in play. If people are so scared about Anthony Richardson running the ball, maybe Jonathan Taylor wins the rushing title again. He won the rushing title in 21, but he got scooped for offensive player of the year by Cooper cup and his magical season. So there's sort of that, like, Oh, he might be due type of thing. Again, these are all narrative driven awards and that's why, you know, you have to go to the narrative, but I think Taylor, if he got 250 to 300 carries, could end up being incredibly efficient in that offense because Suma also said like their offensive line is better than how they performed last year with Matt Ryan kind of making them look about as bad as they could look. So that's one where you you could take a, a stab at that considering that number was a lot lower last year and things have probably gotten better for him fundamentally than they, than they were a season ago, especially that, that easy schedule is another, you know, that's an ingredient for a big rushing season. Can I ask who would either of you prefer if you had to make a bet on rookie of the year? Anderson Richardson at plus 600 or uh, Stroud at plus 750? I, I think Richardson is more set up for success than Stroud is personally. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not as high on the wide court. receivers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like either of them for, for offensive rookie of the year. At those prices, at least. That's not to say that neither of them could win it, but I, I would prefer Richardson. And also just like the upside for him is is a lot higher, I think, in year yeah. one. Richardson right. has to do less to, to 
to to basically look better in the offensive rookie of the year market in my opinion straw yeah. has to be really really good and richardson can just have like 900 rushing yards and not be that great as a passer Yep. Yeah, it's totally. sort of it's sort of like when Cam Newton played for the Panthers. When he all those rushing yards, people love to gravitate towards them because they're huge fantasy uh, points as well as you know as they they look cool, right? So there's whereas I mean Stroud Stroud's a pocket passer, so he's going to have to be surgical for it to all work out. Absolutely. All right, this has been the AFC South preview right here on Forward Progress. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel and set notifications. You'll get notified when we go live with future breakdowns of the nfl divisions across the board and of course in the comments below let us who you let us know who you like in the afc south and whether or not you think any of us are completely off base this has been forward progress right here on the hammer betting network